Welcome to the RK Holiday Gamescast, where we talk about the infinite amount of games that there are to play. So this week we're on episode five. Wow, we're we're killing it out there, nerds. We're we're doing it. We're making it happen. And uh, this week we're going to talk about a game that I've only played a little. Um, I've always had thought that it's had great potential, but for whatever reason, I've just I find myself bouncing off of it. So we're going to kind of explore that and see if we can't make sense of it. Um, I, you know, I realize I want to talk about a game maybe like this where it's something that I, I didn't get into as much as others. Um, there should probably be a way for people to talk to me. <laughs> so, you know, on the website, rkholiday.com, you can leave uh, comments, I believe, on the podcast. If you can't, um, you can always hit me up at the RK Holiday store at Gmail. Um, there's also a place uh, at rkholiday.com to hit me up. So feel free to be like, hey, man, you're an idiot. Here's why. You know, I, I'll accept that. I'll read through that. And um, maybe we can talk about the next time or something. But uh, without further ado, um, this week's game I want to talk about is the Elder Scrolls Online. So the Elder Scrolls Online, um, you know, maybe I should talk about my feelings about Elder Scrolls just in general before we get into this. So I like the Elder Scrolls, right? Um, I came around to playing the Elder Scrolls games at uh, Oblivion. Um, you know, I've also enjoyed other games by, uh, Bethesda and Zenimax, such as, you know, Fallout 3, Fallout 4 was fine. Fallout 76 was amazing. <laughs> um, it's like, anyway, uh, you know, so like that, that style of RPG, um, you know, over the shoulder, first person, that that whole thing, you know, people can hate on it. People love it, whatever. But like, I tend to like it. Skyrim is probably one of my favorite games, like top five, probably. Elder Scrolls Skyrim is probably one of my top five games. Like I've put so much time into that game. Um, I've modded it. I mean, it's just been hours and hours and hours of fun. But when it comes to the Elder Scrolls, just in general, um, like, I can't really speak to the lore that much, if I'm honest. Like, I'm thinking about it. And, like, if you gave me a quiz, okay, on the Elder Scrolls, like, what are three of the dragons' names? Or name all of the races I could I could probably get, like, Redguard, Breton, Nord... Dark Elf, maybe? Orcs? Anyway, Dwimmer, that's like the dwarves. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Listen, what I'm saying is, is that um, 
I don't even know if I know what an Elder Scroll is. Okay. <laughs> so let's get that. Let's get that clear. Uh, you know, you guys probably already know about me. I'm, I'm kind of a geek. So like, I love Lord of the Rings. I like Star Wars, you know, all the Harry Potter, whatever. Like I like fantasy and I like uh, sci-fi and things like that. But when it comes to Elder Scrolls, like the deep lore of Elder Scrolls, I'm not going to be able to tell you like which age and war and all that kind of stuff. I mean, a similar game, World of Warcraft, like I feel like it's about the same. Like I can't tell you the history of Thrall and Sylvanas or whatever. Like, I mean, I'm just not going to be able to speak to this stuff, guys. I, I'm there for the gameplay more than anything. Some of the storylines are cool. You know, for instance, like um, I could probably speak to like Elder Scrolls, like Skyrim, like the Dark Brotherhood, like those typically storylines, mages, guild, um, thieves, thieves guild, you know, it's been a minute, but stuff like that, you know, um, I could probably recite, but I just love the open sandbox and I love the world and all this fantasy, the swords, the magic, the bows and arrows, the armor, the look and feel. I mean, it's very, you know, Elder Scrolls for me, Oblivion and, um, Skyrim were both, they kind of scratched the Lord of the Rings itch, right? And that's, that's why I'm coming there. Um, for that, and then the RPG, the progression, the, the amounts of weapons, and the, and the differences, and then the like seemingly limitless storylines. And you know, Oblivion and Skyrim—they were a little bit different on combat and leveling and things like that. But and and the dungeon structure, but the freedom is there, and I like the combat and the freedom and and just kind of the silliness that can ensue in a, in a big open world game like that. Um, so when Elder Scrolls Online is announced, um, consider me somewhat intrigued or excited about it. And let's, let's maybe we talk about a little bit more about that. Um, so, you know, as I mentioned earlier, this game, like those other games put up by ZeniMax and Bethesda, and if you know recently, they have <laughs> been purchased by Microsoft um, for $7.5 billion. Uh, they will most likely be exclusives to PC and Microsoft. There's going to be a lot of debate about that before it actually comes out. Like, hey, are we ever going to get an Elder Scrolls game or Bethesda games on PlayStation again? or switch even or Nintendo or something like it. We don't know. Okay. Or on iPhone. Like I, we don't know, but it's definitely something that's very interesting. That's happening in the gaming world, um, this year. And this isn't necessarily a news podcast, but I feel like I should probably bring that up. If you don't know that deal didn't happen. If you've loved those games, um, you can expect some potential <laughs> changes there. Um, so this game was, you know, put together, like I said, by Zenimax, Bethesda, and they, they actually rolled it out on PC, but they also rolled it out on, um, Apple, I believe in 2014, this all kind of came out in 2014. They, it came out on consoles, Xbox one, PlayStation four. That's where I played it on PlayStation four. So that is my experience with the game. I mean, it could have been better on PC for all I know. 
Um, and, you know, I think they are planning versions of it for, you know, obviously PS5 and then the newest Xboxes, Series X or S or whatever. And from my memory, when this came out in 2014, you know, it wasn't super well received. Um, some of the problems there were, were some things we'll probably discuss. Um, like all games that come out, okay, like all service games that come out, and this is a tip. <laughs> and you already know that's probably if you're a gamer and you're listening to this. But if you buy a game or if you're going to play a game that's like a, a service game, meaning that they're going to continue to support it and release content and like do things like that, like you should probably buy it a year later. I mean, that's the, where we are with games anyway, with patches and changes and upgrades, even single player games. The game's going to be better a year later. Like, no, I can't do that. Like, I feel like I have to buy games like day one a lot of times. But if you're strong enough, you'll save your money and probably get a better, more stable experience if you wait like three months, six months, a year. Not to mention the sales. Like, boy, if you can make it to like Black Friday or something like that, especially on some of these fallings, I mean, you're going to get 20, 20 bucks, maybe more off the top probably. But anyway, that's if you're you're pinching, pinching the pennies. Um. Where were we? So we were talking about um, this game though coming out 2014. It, it's it's grown over time. I feel like it's probably gotten better than it was. You know, I think it's set about a thousand years before Skyrim. So they basically threw it in an age or a time that could be anything they wanted to do, which is probably smart. They could kind of open it up and. I'm sorry if you love this game and like you feel like you should go into the story. I'm not going to be able to go into the story for you very much. We're going to be talking more about uh, gameplay. And like I said, I, I, I played the version where you could play on PS4. I think it was called Tamriel Unlimited where you could like buy it. And then you didn't have to pay a subscription. But then like you could play ESO Plus, which gives you like crowns like the the paid currency but also gives you perks like for leveling and, and things like that so like i think i own it to this point where i could if i want to spin it up i could spin it up and the races i think i you know rolled a nord um i think i rolled a Briton at some point some of those classes were were tied to different races from my memory but i mean they've had a crap ton of dlcs and stuff like they i think they did like a marwin thing and you know, a couple of years ago, and then Graymore and Somerset. I'm just throwing these things out kind of from memory. I don't really know everything that they they added. I know that there was other things that came out, like the Thieves Guild eventually came out. That wasn't there first. Dark Brotherhood eventually came out. Okay, that wasn't there at the beginning. So these are things that you kind of expect from like Skyrim being their last game. You kind of expect like something heavy and full. And you know, like I said, this is kind of a software as a service game. So you're going to have to wait on that. I know they, they they didn't have stealing and things like that, so eventually you could. I think they've added lots of more, like like lots of armor, probably more raids, things like that. And and if I admit to you right now, like I never really grouped in that game much. Um, it's not that I didn't know how to do the dungeons or anything. I think I may have, maybe have done one dungeon. But, you know, that's just not something I ever got to because I feel like I, I bounced off so hard. So let, maybe let, let's dive into that. So for me, let me tell you my 
dream Elder Scrolls game. And maybe we can work back from that about how this, this game was for me. So my dream Elder Scrolls game would probably be something like Skyrim, but potentially co-op, maybe four player co-op. Now I'm not sure how you make that work and make it work cleanly. I know there's mods out there for co-op Skyrim and things like that among a millions of others of other of mods, but um, being in that world and doing a quest, right. And then imagining like, okay, you know, in Skyrim, you may or may not know this, but you can have followers. So like different mercenaries, different classes can come along with you and like hold your stuff. They can fight for you, protect you. You can flag it to where, and forgive me, I can't remember if this is a mod or not, but that you can flag it where they die or they just go down or, you know, they die forever or, you know, basically like they don't die. They just get like kind of incapacitated for a little bit and then they're back. That's kind of the way I preferred it, especially if like I found someone, a follower I really liked. Um, and you can obviously install all sorts of extra followers. Um, some more suggestive than others. Uh, but anyway, so that system is there, right? So even if it was something kind of bare bones where like I'm playing in my world, let's say I'm a level 10, you know, uh, sword and shield, I'm just rolling straight sword and shield fighter. My speech is high, whatever. I'm leveling that up kind of as you do in Skyrim, you know, kind of do my perks, but then I have a follower slot or like I have a buddy who can drop in as a follower and like he can get loot. Maybe he stays at my level you know, so it's kind of even, he can get loot. Um, maybe he takes some of his experience back to his world. Maybe he takes his loot back to his world. Um, he takes something back to his world, but he doesn't progress a hundred percent in my world. So he doesn't come in at like a level 50 and I'm a level 10. Now I'm not saying you don't have to do that. I'm just saying a game where I could share that experience and a person could clear a fort or they could go do a mission. I could go do a mission. We can meet back up at like a house or a hub or something. That would be amazing. You know, I don't, I don't know if the engine's capable of that. That's like, we're not going to get into that to those weeds, but I think that world is great by yourself. And those games have been single player focused for so long that that's where I got used to them. And that's where I really loved them. But I have always imagined like a perfect game where you have that world and those and like that gameplay with that leveling system, the gear breakdowns, the making of the gear, the open, you know, do a quest at any time, like kind of gameplay, not linear really at all, but then have someone in that sandbox with you. You know, this is the reason I think people like Minecraft and things like that that are like just straight sandbox, um, you know, cause people can kind of drop in and just do whatever. So, you know, give me a Skyrim sandbox, give me a fallout four sandbox. Let me and a buddy, you know, make some, um, some forts or some towns. And, you know, he goes and does a mission for me and brings something back for my fort or something, you know, and you might would think like, Oh, well, your buddy's gonna like he's not gonna waste his time. He's gonna go play in his own game. But I don't think that's true, especially if you get creative with it. And like if he's there, there's a benefit for him being there in his own game, even if it's you know it doesn't progress his story or something. Anywho, so there you go. That's my description of like, hey, if I could have a great game. And if we talk about Skyrim, 
I like the first person combat. I like the third person combat, the magic combat, the bow and arrow combat was amazing to me. So that kind of combat feel and the smoothness of it felt really good. There was kind of a weight to your attacks. Like you're plopping off heads. Like there's a reaction. You can pick up the body parts, right? Like you can pick up anything. Well, when you bring that to an online space in Elder Scrolls Online, now you lose a lot of that. So I do know that there's you can go first person. I know you can go third person. But it does kind of the MMO thing where there's more numbers attached to it where I might swing and hit a guy, but it just doesn't feel the, the same. There's not as much weight to it. And I think like the NPCs, you know, they just kind of die and they lay there and eventually they disappear because they're mobs. Like other people have to kill those things. It's not like your game or something, you know, like where it's just you. And if you like dismember this dude, like he's done for everyone. Um, so I, I see what they want to do. They want to bridge the gap for that. But my fear is with games like this, like Elder Scrolls Online, is they try to milk that and they try to get revenue off of that every month and they, they try to build that experience and that's a co-op world and this you know co-op world with this setting and this gameplay and this history and that's cool. But then what do we get? We sometimes get a very long time until we get the next single player experience or an improved single player co-op experience in that wide open world that feels really good and has like a weight to it. This, this is similar to um, star Wars, the old Republic online. If now I love, I was, Oh my God, I was so hyped over star Wars, the old Republic online. Cause I liked star Wars, the old Republic and the old Republic two was fine, but I was like, Oh man, I can't wait till three. Cause I'm sure it'll be better. But so when star Wars, Rep- the old Republic, I mean, they hyped that game to heck and back we'll say <laughs> that game was hyped up guys uh if you don't know and i mean just took years of hype and then eventually came out and kind of fell flat a little um i still played it a lot but looking back on it i would have traded every bit of that to have gotten a very well put together single player or co-op smaller scale multiplayer uh star wars the old republic 3 and then two, with Star Wars The Old Republic, LucasArts, EA, and BioWare, now that is that is our IP. That is your Star Wars The Old Republic IP. So what does that mean? That means if you put out another Star Wars The Old Republic game, you're now competing with your online service that is generating revenue for you. So Elder Scrolls Online, you're going to have to wait a little bit before you put out Elder Scrolls 6, you know, the next thing after Skyrim, because you don't want something directly competing with your own game. That is my opinion. Now, some people will be like, no, you're going to sell both just fine. It's whatever. But I think some of the, the share of space there is a little bit different. And now we know that Bethesda has announced Elder Scrolls uh, 6. We've seen like a screenshot or a graphic and, Little trailer. I believe this was in 2019, summer of 2019. Might have been summer of 2018. But let me tell you, that game's not coming out until, uh, oh my God, we'll be lucky if it's like 2024 20, at this point because we, we still have to get Starfield. And Starfield is probably, you know, 
it's it's probably I'm gonna guess 2022 at the earliest. So I mean, I really doubt they're gonna hit us 2022 and then 2023. So I would say earliest we might get Elder Scrolls 2024. I hope I'm wrong, but that's what I'm thinking. And then so then people love Fallout. What happened? They put out Fallout 76, right? Well, guess what? Even though that game flopped and was really bad, you're gonna have to wait probably a long time before they come out with another Fallout game, right? Because they're still going to want to like try to make money off that service, even if it's a few people playing. There's some people that are going to pay a, a monthly fee to kind of churn that out. So you're going to have a minute. And this this goes, we could, another example, uh, Grand Theft Auto Five. Now is Grand Theft Auto Online, which is, you know, Grand Theft Auto Five and Grand Theft Auto Online have made more money than any other entertainment IP intellectual property in existence. Like no movie or music or anything has made as much money as Grand Theft Auto five slash Grand Theft Auto online. So what does that mean? That, that game came out in 2013. It's Grand Theft Auto online is coming to PlayStation five with upgraded graphics and stuff and Xbox. Grand Theft Auto six what is that even going to look like? I mean, like, you know, PlayStation 3, I think maybe had two Grand Theft Auto games. No. PlayStation 2, I think had two or three uh, Grand Theft Auto games. Grand, this Grand Theft Auto game, Grand Theft Auto 5, Grand Theft Auto Online, will be on PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, and PlayStation 5 as an example. So this game has been around. Like we're not getting multiple GTAs anymore. Like full single player experiences, like with that punch and that weight to it. And again, that might not be a great way to to explain it, but I feel like it is. Like you, when you, when you have a big online game, it's still fun, but you kind of lose a little bit of that weight. And that's really the best way I can, or richness is the best way I can describe it. And if you know, you know. But if if you don't, um, and you have no idea what I'm talking about, then that's really the best way I feel like I can describe it. Um, so, but with, with Elder Scrolls Online, that's what we had. We had a little, it was a little light. So going into these instances and buildings, I mean, eventually, you know, I did play like when you could steal stuff and and things like that. I mean, I remember kind of playing this game and getting into the combat and leveling and losing some of the weight, losing some of the the story, losing some of the dialogue a little bit with the characters. Um, and you know, some of the class, I'm not going to say there's other, there's classes that were better than others. I mean, I played as like a, a magic caster healer type person. Then I played as like a two handed, uh, Nord type person. I think I might've rolled an orc at some point. So I was kind of doing it a little bit everywhere. And, you know, you could kind of equip any kind of armor or armor pieces to your character. You could level, uh, all sorts of stuff up. You could steal from pretty much anything, um, kind of like those old games. So it felt like that. Like it was that world and that setting, but it didn't have the same weight or richness to it. Another thing that this game did was it had a very intense uh, crafting system, or has a, I should still say, has an intense crafting system. And listen, when I'm talking about this game, let's talk about it in like 2015 because an online game 
you 2015, 2016, 2017. An online game, you have like you almost need to go by year. Um, and we'll talk about that more with other games um, that that I like that are online services. Um, the, the games change so much with each patch and every year, um, and the experience changes. So for this, you know, I want you to have a reference. This is me playing this game from twenty. 15 to 2017 and this game in 2020 could be more amazing. It could have gotten better. Like things could change massively with like crafting and gear and those systems. But for me, I'm, I get bogged down kind of easy, um, with some of the, the extra fluff or some of the extra systems in games. Um, and maybe a good example is, uh, the Witcher three. So I like Gwent. I don't like Gwent enough to play Gwent like the standalone game. But in The Witcher 3, I got so distracted by playing Gwent. Like, I found myself playing Gwent more than playing the game. I know that's weird. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that happened. I know some of you are going to be like, what? Why did he play Gwent? That's the worst part of the game. But for whatever reason, like, collecting those cards and doing that in that world was, like, the more fascinating part to me for some reason. Um, So I ended up doing that so much and then kind of got fatigued from that game. But this game, you can get into crafting almost immediately. So from my memory, you can break down weapons. You can level up your leatherworking. You can level up your blacksmithing, your enchanting, your woodworking, your um, alchemy, your clothing, all this stuff. And when you give me a system that has a pretty quick turnaround or has like a lot of breakdown, level up kind of stuff, like that's what I'm going to do. And like there was a lot of recipes you could find, right? So, and, and like food recipes or otherwise, recipes for jewel crafting or again like blacksmithing or something. So, so for whatever reason, that part of the game became enjoyable. And this was kind of my loop. So you could like steal from a cupboard <laughs> and from that cupboard, like they put into the game randomly, like you could find potential like uh, recipes for things and materials and stuff like that. And you know, if you had a stolen item, it's much like the other games. Like you can't just go sell at the store. You have to find like a black market or like an underground store and sell your goods there, um, which you could do in some of the main cities um, of that game. So I would steal stuff and then sell it and then get those recipes and then like level my crafting. And that part of the game was so satisfying to me that like, I felt like that's all that I did. So like, or a good bit of it. So, you know, I did a pretty good bit of that and kind of get into it. But then as soon as I would get back into questing or trying to do the quest, I found myself getting really bored. And I don't know, I think it is because I should say, I think it is because in Skyrim or Fallout, you can just walk into a direction and you're going to find a quest or something to do or things to buy and scavenge and loot. And like, it's going to help you no matter what you get, you do. And like the level kind of scales to you in this, it's more of like an MMO where like you go in a direction. Sure. But if you run into a mob that's too bad for you, like, you're done. Like, you have to follow a more direct path. You have to get a quest and then go to the place and unlock the place and then do this, right? Um, 
And then eventually, if you want to do dungeons, you have to queue up with people and then go do those dungeons, which to me, compared to like something like World of Warcraft, was a little bit more tedious and a little less satisfying because of the combat. Because the combat wanted to be both. It wanted to be heavy and weighty and and like feel more physical or more um, action-packed. But at the end of the day, you still have to roll on the numbers and the stats and the abilities to kind of get you where you want to go. So you kind of have a, you kind of have a, you don't have the best of anything. You kind of have a little, like halfway good of both. Like the action's like not a real action game. It doesn't feel quite right. But then too, like it's a little bit harder to get your numbers down to like really boost your stats to like do well in the dungeon. This is just my experience, guys. Remember, you might be the biggest Elder Scrolls person and be like, nah, man, I I do the raids. I got that achievement where I was the emperor or whatever, which we should probably talk about that at some point. That seems like such an interesting trophy in that game. Um, But, uh, or an achievement. So I think that's where they lost me. I think like with the quest, I would try to run the quest. And as I ran the quest, I would think to myself, man, why am I not playing World of Warcraft? <laughs> because it with World of Warcraft, it has a longevity to it, which, I mean, I'm not saying WoW is a, a better game necessarily. I think it's a better game for me, though. Why? Why, Kyle? Why is World of Warcraft a better game for you? That makes no sense. Well, I think it makes sense because, one, I have so many years invested in that game. I have... Uh, gold in that game and like once you unlock certain mounts or certain things in that game I can pop back in it's easy to get back in um, there's a familiarity to it and there's always large amounts of guilds that are just easier to get into it's it's an easier to get into game um, and it's just more comfortable and I like for that type of game like a numbers game and if you're going to run quests and you're going to level up like it just does a really good job of presenting what you're getting from that Whereas Elder Scrolls is a little bit more, again, it's trying to fit that mold. It's trying to give you the good things from Skyrim. But unfortunately, it's tied to this MMO system that you can't help but drive to the numbers. So it's not quite open enough for me. Now, again, the game could have changed or it could be misspeaking on some of it. And like it could be more open and you could go anywhere and kill anything at any time. But for me... It was hard to get involved in that and and sucked into that. And it was, but it was also just enough action to where you have to really pay attention, in my opinion. Whereas World of Warcraft, I can kind of listen to anything or like watch something else and like I can still get the job done, if that makes sense. So it's like more of a passive game. Sometimes I feel like I could play World of Warcraft on my phone. I kind of wish that I could. Like if I could just do some quests and make the numbers go up, if that makes sense. So this has been kind of my, my take on Elder Scrolls Online. And like I said, I did want to mention this trophy, this wild trophy. And this was explained to me by a friend who played a lot of Elder Scrolls Online um, a couple of years ago. And he he loved it so much. He, you know, big Bethesda is an Max fan, kind of like myself, but um, or of those games they make. And he told me about this achievement. And I hope that I'm not lying on this and not mistaken. So forgive me. Uh, message me if I am. ArcadeHoliday.com send me a line but basically uh <laughs> he said that you can get an achievement if you're the emperor of tamriel like so if you're an emperor of all the land 
Now, I think to be the emperor of the land, I believe you have to, and he would complain about this, you have to be like the top PV player, PvP player in the world or something. You have to do something that's just a phenomenal, like, impossible task for, like, the 99 percentile. Like, you'll never be that. So it's, it's for all practical purpose, purposes, it's purposes. <laughs> for all practical purposes, it's a unattainable achievement. What do you think about that? Do you think that's that's cool? Like there's always something to chase or do you think that's what we'd call a dick move um, on the game developers to, to lock that achievement behind that? I don't know. That's for you to decide. But, you know, this has been episode five. Thank you so much for the ride. We're going to talk more about ZeniMax games, Bethesda games. I'm never going to stop playing those games. Um, so that we're going to, we have plenty we can talk about. You know, my wife's one of her favorite games still is Fallout 3. Um, so, you know, I have a lot of love for that game and, and can't wait to talk to you guys about that at some point. You know, I, what I'm doing, if you don't know, is I have a long list of games and I'm not doing these based on news or anything. If they are in the news, that's cool. But, you know, I'm just going to go from the list and just pick something that I want to talk about that time. And we're going to, we're going to talk about it just, you know, in whatever capacity. Now, if you're wondering like, Hey, how can I support this guy? Um, you can go to rkholiday.com and there's a couple things you can do to support me in this podcast. Um, if you're interested in doing that, if you're not, this is a great time to start the podcast <laughs> and then I'll hit you some other time. Uh, I promise I probably won't do this every episode, but in case you're wondering, um, it would help to keep me motivated and to keep these things going. If, if there was some feedback there. So a way to support me is a couple ways, you know, I'm an author. I know I've mentioned that in the past. I've written a couple books. I write, you know, uh, work on a lot of short stories. I put out free short stories every month. If you're if you're into that, you can go to archeholiday.com and get free short stories every month. You sign up on the mail list or just read the blogs there. Um, I also put out two books. Uh, one is called The Edifice and one is called Alone Together, Why Your Kids Are Watching Others Play. So one is kind of self-help and one is a fiction uh, epic tale. The first of, of, of uh, hopefully many books Um, that book was put out quite a while ago, but I do have book two in the works, um, and hope to finish that 2021, maybe the goal was to do it in 2020, but we've only put out one book this year. Um, we're going to have a short story book at the end of 2020, early 21. So we're still doing stuff, but, um, but you know, 2020 has been a doozy. I know it has been for you and me. So, uh, what are you going to do? Um, and then there's also uh, some merchandise on the site, uh, just some designs and stuff that I've put together in the past. My wife and I kind of had an online store um, before COVID. That has since gone away. But the designs and some of that that merchandise is still there. Some of it's based around books. Some of it's based on just designs that my wife and I have liked and put together. Um, and then there's a Patreon. Um, so right now I only have a set up just $5 a month to support you can do that. You don't have to do that. I'll probably put some more things in there for subscribers. Um, so these are just a couple ways to support. Like, you know, if, if I had to choose, Hey man, which one would you want to do? I would say probably purchase my books. That's, that's a big passion of mine. That's something I really, really love doing and I love uh, sticking on top of. Um, so, you know, and they're good as gifts. So that, that is, that's what we can support me in this podcast 
if you're interested, that is the way it goes. But if you don't and you're just here for, for the free ride and free talking, please stay anyway because um, I want to pr- provide this for free. I want this just to be something you can consume whenever you're hanging out, whenever you're driving down the road, whenever you're working on something. Um, hopefully we can just kind of sit back and be, be buds and, and talk about games. Um, so anyway, this has been Arcade Holiday, and, you know, I think we're going to wrap this one up. Episode 5. See ya. See ya.